Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights for the Locked On Podcast. I'm is Thursday, July 16th. We are 80% through the work week, which is always, 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 always a good thing. I am Danny Webster. I am your host, and I do appreciate you stopping by for today's episode in which we actually have a boatload to talk about. And I think part of it has to do with, I guess, the more under-the-radar news that kind of caught a little, caught a few people off guard yesterday. The Golden Knights are going to have a captain next year. How should Vegas fans feel about that? How should everybody feel about that? We'll talk about that more later. And we're also going to have a discussion about Robin Leonard. I know yesterday we talked about Marc-Andre Fleury. This one is a little bit different. Not exact, not not all about his play, but it's going to be talking about him as the person. But first, the other goalie that was not at camp for the third straight day uh, yesterday is Marc-Andre Fleury. Now, uh, the reason why this episode is going up later is because the Golden Knights had an off day for training camp today. So it allowed me to kind of skip the double dipping and go straight into uploading today. Kudos to a little bit more sleep. I, I love that part. Uh, but Marc-Andre Fleury was not at practice for the third consecutive day. Uh, yesterday at City National Arena, the goalies remained Robin Leonard and Oscar Dansk. Uh, Pete DeBoer kind of, once again, qualmed any... Uh, unnecessary uh, overreactions again this is not a covid situation this is more so according to DeBoer just him getting some rest and according to DeBoer Flurry will rejoin the team at some point before the weekend so if you do the math uh no practice today practice tomorrow if we're going off that ideology Mark Andre Fleury will make his Golden Knights training camp debut on Friday, which, again, all good news. I, I think that's as good news. And like I mentioned yesterday in my long-winded rant about the goalies, when you're talking about Mark Andre Fleury, the one thing that we've discussed over and over again for the last two years is making sure that he's not taxed, making sure that he's getting enough rest, making sure that he's 100% come the most important time of the year, which is when you want to play for the Stanley Cup. And if we're going off that ideology, then yes, that is exactly what's happening and everybody just needs to calm down, which is why it's so good to have a goalie like Robin Leonard as your presumptive 1B because... One, you already know the bona fide goalie that he is. Two, he's looked really good in camp, and and I'll and I'll kind of touch on this a little bit more when we go into our whole discussion about Leonard. But he has been really good in camp, and for for all the worries, I guess, about the goalie situation. If we were going into this talking about Malcolm Subban possibly starting a playoff series, I don't think a lot of people would be overtly confident. Which, by the way, there is a chance Malcolm Subban could be the starter for the Blackhawks in the playoffs. So that, that That's another story for another day. But I think if Subban were still in Vegas, I don't think people would be as... I, I don't think people would be as confident knowing who's behind Flurry, Knowing that you have a guy like that who, according to DeBoer, is guaranteed to get some reps. Uh, 
in the playoffs at some point. It's it's comfortable knowing that your face of the franchise, still your face of the franchise, is going to, for for whatever it's worth, get as much rest as he can before the team flies off to Edmonton to begin the the exhibition game against the Coyotes, the round robin series, and then eventually the best of seven series, which will determine the Stanley Cup champion. So to me, it it's it's all fine. I mean, the the more that we can finally just kind of put these worries to bed about the the uh the absence of flurry, I, I think we're gonna feel a whole lot better about the situation. But either way Marc-Andre Fleury is supposed to be back before the weekend. Again, you do the math, probably Friday, uh, if not Saturday, which would suck because I don't think we're gonna, I'm going to be at practice on Saturday. But nevertheless, Marc-Andre Fleury, according to Pete DeBoer, is fine, and he will be at camp at some point. Now, before we talk more about Robin Leonard, because I think yesterday we devoted all of our time to one Marc-Andre Fleury, I think it's only fair that we talk about Robin Leonard, but at the same time, before we do, uh, Rock Auto, all the parts your car will ever need. I'm telling you, Rock Auto, you've heard the jingle on local TV. You've heard the jingle everywhere you go. Rock Auto is such a important, just an important necessity, especially when you're looking for probably the most random part that you can go everywhere else. You can go to any other store, auto parts store, and try and find something you're looking for, whether it be a tail light, whether it be, it could be anything, it could be something for like your auxiliary cord in your car, whatever the case may be, it, you can never find it when you go there. RockAuto.com has everything that you need for do-it-yourselfers, for professional mechanics, whatever you need, Rock Auto has it. The prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low, and they offer the lowest prices possible, rather than changing prices based on market value. And to me, that's a pretty good idea. If you want to kind of get a little bit more of assistance, because you know this is uh, this is the part where I tell you, go to Rock Auto, and those guys will help you out very well. Go to rockauto.com right now. And see all the parts available. Again, huge catalog of parts. Right, locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. And let them know that we sent you. And they will hook you up. The Rock Auto people are the most reliable people that you can run into. Or technically online. They are the most reliable people when it comes to finding your auto part needs amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rock auto that's the only time i will ever be singing ever on this podcast so i i feel like this is important to talk about and i feel that given the current climate that we're in you know given just the overall understanding of what's going on in the world right now I feel like we need we needed to hear something to kind of put everything into perspective for us as far as COVID-19 is concerned. Now, I, it this isn't going to turn into a political discussion about oh, wear your masks, wash your hands, don't don't be a rude person or whatever. I'm I'm not going to have that discussion. And I and I really tried to stay away from that discussion over the times of as I've continued to 
relaunch in the coming days or in the past few days, past few weeks. But I think what Robin Leonard said yesterday as far as mental health, I think is very important to not just those who are dealing with mental health issues. I think it really stems to everyone who is impacted by this virus in some way. And it was really an eye-opening moment yesterday during the uh, Zoom session with Robin Leonard when Willie Ramirez of the Associated Press asked a very, a very great question about what can people who look up to players like Leonard, those who deal with mental health issues, what can they do? How, what, what is the message you would have for them if they were going through something like this that has really taken a huge hit on their lives? And I think Robin Leonard gave the most thoughtful, amazing answer that you could possibly give and we'll 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 play it right now i mean that's a debate that's been missing here i think you know i think uh, uh covid is obviously a huge threat to the world and uh, uh it's uh, uh it's crazy times right now but i don't know the exact numbers but i mean there's about, I think it's over 10 million people a year in, in the world that dies from mental health issues. And uh, that's kind of been swept away. I think uh, there's gonna be a bigger bigger problem of mental health uh, coming out of this than uh, people think. And uh, uh, I think for me, myself, I've just learned to, you know, knowing that the bad days are gonna pass and not, uh, you know, just keeping faith that this, uh, this will pass and, uh, uh, just, uh, you know, being open and honest with your loved ones and uh, just uh, uh, keep pushing along. I mean, at some point, things are going to turn around and just about doing the best with what you got right now. And um, I think it's important that things are all kind of <clears throat> starting to get, uh, you know, get some sports back, get some things to for people to look forward to. Because if you don't have anything to look forward to, it's tough on your mental health and leads to depression, anxiety, and all that stuff. And obviously it's a big economic uh, uh, economic problem that's happening right now too. So a lot of people are struggling with that. So, you know, we gotta have some something to look forward to. And I think sports take place a huge role in that. So I don't really agree with people that, you know, it's really against us uh, sports starting up. I think the league is doing a great job with a bubble to keep us safe and, um, uh, I think it's important for society for, for sports to come back. It's a long-winded answer, but for someone who has been open about his mental health issues, to pretty much say that kind of response, I think was absolutely fantastic. I think it's it's something that a lot of people really, I think, needed to hear at some point. I think that given everything that's going on, like, like I'm not saying I have mental health issues, but I, I've definitely made it known that the last few months for me have been very hard, you know, trying to collect unemployment when the, for those who aren't living in Nevada, the unemployment system has been completely shot. And that's another discussion I, I will probably need about five podcasts to talk about if we ever get to that point. 
the unemployment situation is shot. And with no sports going on, and that being pretty much my primary source of income, and me being really an independent contractor and not a full-time journalist, not in a full-time like a newspaper setting, you guys get what I'm saying, but to not be in that environment with everything going on, it affects a lot of people. It affects the people who have lost their jobs and the casinos on the strip and they were furloughed or either furloughed or laid off completely over the last couple of months. It affects the people who really don't work essential businesses. It, do, it affects the small business owners. It affects those who, quite frankly, just are having so... There, there are so many problems that kind of affect their mental health as well. And during this time, it's something that I don't think we haven't discussed enough. Not, not just me per se, but for us as a whole. The importance of mental health. I think that's that, that not I think that's definitely a reason why I took a couple months off of the podcast because I wasn't in the right frame of mind to come on the show every day or three times a week, whatever it was to be like, hey, let's talk about nothing that's happening right now. Because the more I thought about it, the more depressed I got that really, what, what am I going to talk about? And I know that the other shows on the network, they did as, as great of a job as they could um, to fill in the gaps for the content. And, and I'm not saying that, you know, they could or could not have done that. I'm not going to try and say what they could or couldn't do. But for me personally, it was very hard for me to even do anything. It was hard for me to write anything. It was hard for me to want to record anything. And when your main source of income basically says, okay, well, we're just going to be waiting on the, on the side here until something actually happens. It, it really messes with your psyche sometimes. And I mean, it, like I said, it's what I've gone through. It's what a number of people have gone through, whether they work in this field or whether they don't, it's important to be able to do what you love to do. And this is what I love to do, whether it be talk sports, talk hockey, or write about hockey. This is what I love to do. And when it doesn't happen, you're pretty much in this state of limbo when you're thinking to yourself, well, what can I do exactly to improve the situation? And there's really no way to do it other than do what you can as far as try to get the resources available to make your life better. But like I said, in the case of the state of Nevada, where the unemployment situation has been so froth with ridiculousness and to top it all off, if you are collecting unemployment, the cares act is supposed to expire in about a week and a half. So then you have to worry about the fact that somehow you have to go from all this relief that you've had for however many months to now going back to like making what $300 a week. Like there's a lot to it than just not having sports. And, And Leonard did mention this in his zoom call as well. The fact that sports are coming back, he sees that as a sign of positivity because people need something to look forward to. And especially for those of us who like to watch sports, we understand the concern. I, I mean, if you don't, if you don't understand the concern, I would at least hope you would understand those who are concerned about the concern. When you talk about sports coming back 
and sports getting back to normal, as normal as it can be, I think it is a positive thing to know that we're going to have something to look forward to. Hopefully, it, 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 you want to make it clear, everybody's health is is 100%, that they aren't affected by this virus when they go into the bubble, that they aren't affected by anything else in their surroundings, that they don't get hurt while they're playing in the bubble. You hope for all of those things because not only do we want to see these athletes do what they love to do and are great at what they do, we also want to make sure that they are in the best possible shape they can be, not just physically, mentally as well, and, you know, respiratory-wise, that they don't get, you know, COVID, basically. So it is. there's a lot that goes on when thinking about your mental health. And I hope that over the last few months that you all have taken care of yourselves in the mental health state, whether it be if you were working from home, that you continue to work from home and you continue to be, you know, as productive as you can be, whether it's doing something that you love to do, whether it's, you know, playing video games or reading a book or doing whatever, hopefully that has kind of influenced you to keep going. And to me, when it comes to the NHL and the bubble, you want them as comfortable as possible, which is why it was another shocking instance to hear Robin Leonard come out and say that he was very opposed against the NHL and the, and the NHLPA that he, that the, that the league wasn't allowing families into the bubble until the conference final. So if you save the golden Knights, make it all the way to the conference final, you're talking about a situation where maybe a month and a half, maybe two months without seeing your, without, without seeing your family, without seeing your wives, your kids, it, it could definitely take its toll on you. I mean, Robin Leonard is one, again, one of those people who came out and was very opposed to that. And you don't think about that. You think about it a little bit, but when when a player is so outspoken in that context, there are some players, especially on the Golden Knights, William Carrier is one. I believe Max Pacioretty is another who just had his first girl. Um, these newborns, these couples with newborns, now all of a sudden have to go away. And then you lose that time. And it's like, well, how do we you know, make up for that lost time? And to me, I think that that was an important aspect that I don't think got fully discussed. But hopefully after everything is accounted for and everything is good, that the NHL can kind of loosen the guidelines. And hopefully if things start trending upward in Canada, especially Edmonton and Toronto, that they can probably loosen the guidelines a little bit. It, it might take a lot, but at least for the time being, that that's what I hope they would have. Um one of the things that was also addressed with Robin Leonard yesterday was his contract situation. And obviously I think we're in the situation where we're not going to get a full fledged answer from Robin Leonard as to his current status. Again, he, he becomes an unrestricted free agent uh, at the end of this season. Uh, the golden Knights right now, I, based on market value, do not have the cap space to, Resign Robin Leonard to I think what he wants and given the fact that I think he has spent the last three years becoming one of the best goalies in the league he wants term and he wants dollars and if he's not going to get it from Vegas there's got to be a team out there that needs a goalie that is willing to pay up that much to make him their number one goalie now in the case of the Golden Knights and I touched on it before 
if the Golden Knights want to re-sign Robin Leonard, if they want to keep him around beyond this year, if they want to have a 1-2 tandem of Flurry and Leonard and just alternate goalies as often as they can, they are going to have to trade somebody. And I still believe that the likely trade targets are going to be Paul Stasny and Alex Tuck. Now, Paul Stasny would be an ideal one because he's going to be in the last year of a $6.5 million cap hit. Alex Tuck is someone that you could probably entice a team to do it because he carries a cap hit of less than $5 million, but he's still young and he still has potential to be a very good player. No, I don't think the Golden Knights should give up on Alex Tuck. You are more inclined to want to get rid of Stasny because of the center depth you have in the organization. And that also, in line, would have to be in agreement with that Cody Glass needs to stay healthy. Because if he doesn't stay healthy, then you're pretty much down a center and it doesn't look good. Um, To me, Robin Leonard, I think, is going to command north of $6 million probably between six and 6.5. And he probably wants a long-term deal of about four or five years. Uh, that would be my guess. Um, would the golden Knights do it? I, I think here's the thing. Do I think the golden Knights would do it? Absolutely. The reason why I think they would do it is because they would not make such a move to get Leonard. And I mean, you could say the same about Tomas Tatar when the golden Knights traded for him. You don't want to get rid of a guy that you pretty much gave a first, a second, a third round pick for only to be a pretty much a collective bust. But then you were able to flip him for Max Pacioretty and everything is fine. Um, I think if the Golden Knights really wanted to, if the Golden Knights really think that they can go forward with this tandem, ensure that Flurry gets a rest every other game, ensure that they have a guy behind Fleury that they can trust and ensure that they have a goalie that if Marc-Andre Fleury were to retire after this contract, that you would have someone waiting in the wings in their prime still to be a very good goalie. And I think committing 13 to $14 million between two goalies is a little bit crazy, but this organization in the span of two plus seasons going, going into their full third has done some crazy, crazy things that nobody would really expect. Nobody would expect Pete DeBoer to be the head coach of the Golden Knights right now. Nobody would have thought that he would be replacing Gerard Gallant. Nobody thought that uh, George McPhee would would essentially go to Bill Foley and be like, hey, I don't want to lose Kelly McCrimmon to Seattle or wherever. Make sure that you make him general manager and you can just report to me whenever. Nobody really saw that coming. Nobody really saw... Coming the trade for Mark Stone. Nobody saw coming the, you know, the surge that they had in year one. Nobody thought that they were going to keep James Neal and David Perron past the trade deadline in year one. All of these things you would expect this team to do. And they didn't. They did not. And that's why I'm leaving it open in the sense that if the Golden Knights really think they can get a deal done with Robin Leonard. They will try everything they can, which is why when business opens again, they will they will probably entertain trade calls. They will probably entertain ways to shave salary to get enough money to re-sign Leonard because you already know outside of the, the current contract situations with Nick Cousins and Chandler Stevenson, you're pretty much set for next year as far as forwards and defensemen are, are concerned. So basically all you have to do is figure out if you're going to do anything with Leonard. 
And that's the gist of it. If you don't do anything with Leonard, you have $6 million in cap to work with, and you got to sign two players and maybe get another one. So there you go. So that's my take on Robin Leonard. And hopefully the mental health aspect helped somebody a little bit. And hopefully if you are dealing with mental health issues or if you have, if you know someone that is, I would suggest have them listen to Robin Leonard's answer because I think it is very, very good. It is is very much needed in this time. All right, let's talk about the news that I think was, I, I still think it was the most shocking part of yesterday's Zoom call. Not not in the sense that I think it wasn't going to eventually happen, but it was more so just the fact that Pete DeBoer just let it out there. Now, DeBoer claims that at some point before the pause, he said that there was going to be a captain on this team. To my recollection and to a lot of people's recollection, I don't think that happened. So for him to just come out and say, oh, there will be a captain next year in the Vegas Golden Knights prior to the 2020-21 season, yeah, that was a bit of a shocker there. Uh, who knows when it's going to happen? DeBoer clarified that it will not take place before the, the playoffs begin, so we won't know who the captain is um, leading into the 2020-21 season. Which is, it's kind of weird because... You you talk to people about this and you think, well, do they like the idea? Do do the fans like the idea of the Golden Knights saying, you know what? Let's just go with the whole uh, 23 captains thing forever and we'll see how it goes. Of course, the 23 captains mantra was made because of an impact of October 1. It was made because of how well the Golden Knights played in year one, how the Golden Misfits were created. At, a, at the time, a captain wasn't needed. If you were going to go with a captain in year one, the, the only logical choice you were going to have was Derek Englund. And Derek Englund has been an alternate uh, two of the last three years. So it's not like it's completely like he was completely out of the leadership group. We look forward to next year, though. Derek Englund is probably not going to be brought back. Uh, it's not Gerard Gallant running the ship anymore. Pete DeBoer has had a captain in every year he's been a coach for except two seasons. When you take a look at this situation, there are definitely people who I think would be a little miffed at it. There are people who I think would probably welcome it. In my opinion, if you are going to do this, I think it's a good idea because you don't want to be in the company of the five teams that don't have a captain. Four, technically, because the Rangers are making the playoffs. You do not want to be in the same company as the Devils, the Senators, and there was another team that was really bad that doesn't have a captain right now, and I can't think of it off the top of my head, but I will probably remember it before this podcast comes to a complete close because now that really annoys me that I can't remember. The Red Wings, of course, the dumpster fire. That is the Detroit Red Wings. They are the other ones that don't have a captain. Um, So you don't want to be in that kind of company. You know, I can I can completely understand that you don't want to that it it is time. This team has been so successful for the last three years. They're on the cusp of potentially winning a Stanley Cup this year. Maybe it is time as part of this era of hopeful dominance that the Golden Knights will be going on, that the the dynasty that Bill Foley has always envisioned. That maybe it is time to name a captain. It, it was going to happen eventually. You might as well rip the Band-Aid off now. And again, the 23 captain, the 23 captain mantra will live forever. It's not going to go away. 
if you are a firm believer in this team, you are going to know the importance of having 23 captains on this team. But it's time. It's time to just go with it. This new era of Golden Knights hockey, it, it really is a new era at this point. It's a new era of hockey. You got to rip the Band-Aid off. Let's just make it happen. So the leader in the clubhouse that I think everybody expects to be the captain is Mark Stone. Uh, one of the best two-way players in the game. One of the best you know, overall players. One of the hardest working people in the room. Um, Pete DeBoer attested to this yesterday during a Zoom call. Just, Or I think it was the other day, actually, when talking about Peyton Krebs. Just his leadership in being one of the first guys at the rink, being one of the first guys in the gym, not taking a day off, always about business. It's the kind of guy that when you want to build your team around, he's the star. He is the guy. He is the main head honcho of this team. And it would make absolute sense to name Stone the captain. The other one who I think is in the running for it, Max Pacioretty. Now, Pacioretty is someone who I think benefited greatly from not having so much pressure of being the captain of the Canadians. But I think if you were to give him like a fresh start and have him captain, you know, one of the best teams in the league, I think he would be up for the challenge. Would he want to? I mean, now that he's what, 32, he's going on 33, probably not. Which is why I think it's a good idea for Stone, who's 28 years old, or 27, 28 years old, who can you know be the captain for the entire tenure of his contract if he really wanted to. So there is that aspect. But there is the conversation, and I think it needs to be had. Should an original Golden Knight be the captain? Should a Jonathan Marchessault be captain? Should a Nate Schmidt be captain? Should maybe a William Carlson, should maybe a Shea Theodore, not, not that they would want to, but should an original Golden Knight be captain? It, it, it is really something to think about, you know, it, because I think, I don't think it would rub players the wrong way if Mark Stone were to be captain because he hasn't been here through the whole run. He, he wasn't in the team, he wasn't, he wasn't on the team in year one. He wasn't someone who contributed to them making it to the Stanley Cup final. He was there for, he's been here for a year and some change. So, I mean, would players think of it the wrong way? Probably not, because that locker room is so tight knit. That locker room is so cohesive, and there's no rifts in the locker room that I think that you could probably make that kind of move and no one would bat an eye. But if you were to go and give Jonathan Marshall the captain, the, the C, I, I don't think it would be a problem. He's loud, he's boisterous, at five foot nine, he's absolutely ready to throw down some gloves with you, and he's a freaking spider monkey. And if you don't know that, uh, just type in Marshall Spider Monkey on Twitter. You'll see a lot of tweets, and probably something from me that I tweeted a while ago last year about where that origin came from. So, Golden Knights are getting a captain. What do you think? Should the Golden Knights have a captain? And if you do think they should have a captain, who do you think it should be? Do you believe that it should be Mark Stone? Or do you think it should be somebody else? Make sure you tweet at LockedOnVGK or tweet at me at DannyWebster21 to let me know what it is you think. All right, so that, my friends, will do it for today's episode. Tomorrow, 
Should be another jam-packed episode because, one, if Marc-Andre Fleury is there practicing, we are likely going to hear from 29 himself about how he's doing and what took him so long to get to the ice. And we're going to have a guest on tomorrow's show. That's all I'll say about that. We are going to have a guest on tomorrow's show. It's been a long overdue process to have him on the show. I'm pretty sure he would have come on earlier, but it's been a long, long time coming to get him on the show. And he will be joining me tomorrow via Zoom, via Zoom, to talk Golden Knights camp. And probably, I might ask him a thing or two about goalies. I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. But until then, thank you guys for downloading, sharing, listening, subscribing. All of that jazz is greatly appreciated. Uh, usual plug for the NHL Locked On National Show, if you would be so kind, is to give that a follow. Sarah Avampato does it every week, and she is fantastic at what she does. Give it a listen, give it a follow for all your NHL national news and needs leading up to the resume of this ridiculous return to play thing that we're about to embark on. So that will do it for me, everybody. Thank you very much. A new episode will be coming out probably tomorrow afternoon, close to tomorrow evening. So be on the lookout for that. Until then, I am Danny Webster. This has been Locked on Golden Knights, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, and I will see you tomorrow have a good day <laughs>